welcome to another edition of Medicare Simplified with your host, Dave Miller. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Medicare Simplified. Today, I have a special interview for you. Her name is Ashley Mountain, and she actually works with one of the companies I work with. And she's going to teach us about how Medicare Advantage plans are created and why they may be a little different from one county to the next, why the value-added benefits may have more here, more there, and a lot of good information. So let's say we welcome Ashley. Well, good morning, Ashley. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Well, a little wet from the outside, but other than that, <laughs> living life large. Yes, yes. It is a wet one out there. <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ashley, before we get this started, uh, could you give us a little history about yourself and how you got into the insurance and Medicare areas? Sure, absolutely. So right out of college, I, I had interest in being in the business side of healthcare. So I started at the company that I'm at now in our Medicare Advantage customer service area, learned a lot about the basics of Medicare, You know what can be marketed, how plans are created all of our different plan offerings, which have expanded in the last 15 years since I've been at the company, and even how to navigate the internal systems. And I still use a lot of that knowledge today in you know my life in the sales department. So I know how the plans work, how they're created, and I do a lot of training and support for our local independent agents like yourself, so that you guys can understand the products available to our customers, help you to pass along the information about all of the valuable products and, and um, plan designs that we offer, and then also help to resolve any of those issues that might arise. Let me tell you, Ashley, the back office I get from your company, I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. My broker manager, Bill, he has been phenomenal. Uh, wouldn't know what I'd do without you and him and all the back office support I get from you guys. Great. Glad to hear that. <laughs> oh, you guys rock. I'm telling you. Now, when it comes to creating a Medicare Advantage plan, how do you decide what you're going to cover as far as, are you going to cover specialists? Are you going to cover a CAT scan, but not a MRI? And could you basically spell it out as how you create these plans and how you determine the co-pays? Yeah, absolutely. So with the Medicare Advantage plan, we are required by Medicare or CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to cover everything that's covered by original Medicare. So that's sort of the basis of where we start knowing that PCP and specialist visits, lab work, inpatient hospital, all of that is covered by original Medicare. We start there. We know that the, that our plans have to cover that. We look at other things, you know, some additional benefits that might not be traditionally covered by Medicare and determine which ones we want to include in our plans as well. Those could be things like dental, um, vision coverage, hearing aids, over-the-counter items, and a lot of other things. So as we create the plans, we sort of assess the benefits that are most important to our members and determine the cost of those benefits versus the premium that they're paying. So um, in essence, if we have a higher premium plan, then generally it's going to have lower copays for those core medical benefits like their PCP and specialists when they go into the hospital. Um, but we also have very attractive, very low premium plans where you may not be paying anything out of pocket um, on a monthly basis, but you may have some slightly higher co-pays for things like when you go into the inpatient hospital or you have an outpatient surgery, something like that. Right. Now, you said some plans may not have a premium. How can you offer a zero premium plan and still stay in business? 
Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple different reasons we're able to offer those zero premium plans. First of all, Medicare members are required to pay their Medicare Part B premium on a monthly basis, which um, you have to have Medicare Part A and Part B to be enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, and generally that Part B premium is around the $150, um, might be higher depending on income, um, but that's usually automatically deducted from a beneficiary Social Security check. So because the Medicare Advantage plans actually take over completely for Medicare, so um, none of the bills go directly to Original Medicare, they come to the health insurer for any of their you know, inpatient, outpatient services, uh, prescriptions, all of that. That Part B premium that is collected um, through the Social Security check in most cases is actually passed on to the health insurance company, either partially or fully to help cover the cost of the member's care. And then there's some other factors. So, you know, additionally, health insurance plans are provided revenue based on their star ratings. And so, especially for plans that have four or more stars um, out of five, there is extra revenue provided that can also offset the cost of the care and allow us to keep our premiums as low as $0 a month. Interesting. So basically when I pay, if I were on Medicare mm -hmm. and I'm paying the $164 and change because there's no IRMAA included, which I discussed on a previous podcast, that money would go from Social Security to you, or mm -hmm. does it go to Social Security, Medicare, and then to you? I think it goes from Social Security to Medicare. They collect it on behalf of Medicare, but then Medicare sends that over to us to help offset the cost. And if I went from company A during annual enrollment, I switched to company C, that money just follows me wherever I go, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, that makes some sense. So a zero premium plan is really my Part B premium is paying that zero premium. So it's kind of like makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you ever see a day when uh, HMO would go away? Because it seems like to me, more and more people are going to PPOs for a lot of conveniences. What do you think about HMOs? Will they go away someday? So it's hard to tell because it depends on the market that you're in. I know in the you know, the um, eastern side of Pennsylvania, there's really not a huge market for HMO plans, but I'm located in the western part of Pennsylvania, and we do still have some HMO plans that are attractive you know, for our customers. So they may not be as necessarily as popular as a PPO plan, but I still think that because people are interested in those, there are people that they may not travel outside of the area, they're good with a local network of providers, and they're willing to say, hey, I'm going to offset and get some lower costs and out-of-pocket things for me to have that somewhat smaller network not being able to travel with it. So really, we've seen a shift over the last several years to more people moving to a PPO network, um, but we do still have a very large enrollment in our HMO plan. So I don't necessarily think they're going to go away anytime soon, um, you know, maybe 15, 20 years down the road. But for for our, the immediate future, I think we're we're still good with offering some HMO plans in our market. I don't know. I just kind of thought they'd be going away sooner, but you made up some good points there. Now, something I've noticed, for example, I live in Lancaster County, which is central PA for people who may not be in Pennsylvania. And you're over in the Pittsburgh area, which is the far western area. Mm -hmm. And you're probably a diehard Steeler fan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I miss Troy Palomalo. He was fantastic <laughs> to watch. Well, one of the things I've noticed, though, is let's say we'll call it a Sapphire plan for argument's sake. That way we're being generic and not promoting or getting in trouble with CMS. If I'm on the Sapphire plan in Lancaster, my specialist copay would be, let's say, $20. But if I go to Dolphin County or Lebanon, 
it might be 25 or 30. Why are the copays different from county to county or maybe a plan not offered in one county that is offered in a different one? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that's something that we hear a lot, uh, especially for people who live on some of those border counties. So um, we do have different plan designs by state and then also sometimes by county and several factors go into that. Um, first of all, Medicare does provide different levels of reimbursement for members by county. So uh, when I talked about that Part B being pushed through, there's also reimbursement for members based on any of the chronic conditions that they have. And so factors that go into determining that, you know, and it's all way over my head, but um, the plan designs and the co-pays and the reimbursement can actually vary based on the providers in the area and the hospitals in the area. Some of the hospitals charge higher rates for services. Being closer to, like you mentioned, I'm in Pittsburgh, so closer to a city, often the, the cost of care is a little bit higher. So reimbursement rates do tend to be a little bit higher. So depends on where you're at. Um, you know, it's even down to the county level that we may be able to say, well, because of the reimbursement that we're receiving from CMS or Medicare, we would have a, a $25 copay for a specialist in one county, but it might only cost 15 or 20 in another county because uh, that is being offset by some additional reimbursement we receive. I never realized all that went into creating a plan. And but I kind of figured some of that on the copay issue, but I've had clients say, well, how come I can't get the same plan they have? Because the plan's <laughs> not offered in your area. Right. And they don't understand why that is. For example, the Sapphire might be in Franklin County, but it's not in Dolphin County. What's the what's the reason behind that, Ashley? So it we do have to sort of look at the differences in our membership, what our members are looking for. And our goal is really to provide plans that, you know, are are a good option for the majority of the people. So if there is a plan that might be available in one market. So I mentioned earlier you know, in Western Pennsylvania, we do still have a market for HMO plans. And so we offer a plan that is a very, is a $0 premium plan, but it is a smaller network. That plan isn't going to make sense in your county, like in Lancaster County, because the same, you know, network of providers isn't relevant from one area to another. So um, taking a look at those different factors will help us determine, you know, what plan designs we want to offer in which areas and what they look like. Actually, a few things you've said today, I'm, I'm learning just with our <laughs> listeners. So I appreciate your time. Sure. Now, when it comes to co-pays, I think you touched on this earlier, but I just want to kind of like catch, make sure everybody catches everything. Why are the co-pays are different by county by county based on contracts and cost of living and that sort of thing, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure I had that right. Now, you cover things in Medicare Advantage plans that Medicare doesn't cover, like you said earlier on, like dental, vision, hearing, over-the-counter, transportation. How do you decide which of these, I call them value-added benefits, how do you decide which ones you're going to offer by plan and also how much you'll allocate to these? Yeah, so that's a great question. So sort of back to the, the copay question that you had. We think about our plan designs. We really want to want to offer, like I mentioned, a wide variety so that we can fit the needs of our members. So if you think about it sort of in a good, better, and best option, you'll see differentiation among a lot of different things. One of them will be the premium. So premium is going to be the lowest on a good plan, 
might be a little bit higher, say 15, 20, $25 on a, on a better plan. And then, you know, if you really want that best plan, you might be paying 45 or $50. So we start there and then we look at um, how we can differentiate copays. So copays on your good plan might be a little bit higher to go see a specialist than they would be on your best plan. You may get that for five or $10 or, you know, with the best plan, but you go to a good plan and still obviously a great plan option for a lot of people. Maybe it's a 25 or $30 copay. So then we look at things like our supplemental benefits, like you mentioned. So our OTC benefits over the counter or our dental benefits, where if you look at your good plan, you might get a, you know, $0 premium again, you get a small stipend on a quarterly basis for over-the-counter, and then you've got dental benefits. And, and that amount, you know, the allowance for those dental benefits might be a smaller amount than you would expect on your higher premium or best plan. So we sort of align them, make it look, you know, very easy to determine which one's going to be the best fit for our members. And then, um, you know, just trying to determine which of those benefits to include. A lot of things go into that. You know, we look at um, what our members provide us feedback. We utilize a lot of market research. We talk with our agent community about what kind of benefits that their members are asking for. And, um, you know, we look at all, all of that and decide where we should go with, with which benefits are offered. Um, in addition to that, we really try to offer supplemental benefits that are going to be most useful in keeping our members healthy. So, for things like a dental cleaning. We all know that getting your teeth cleaned twice a year is a great way of preventing gum disease, which can then you know, create other problems in the body. We offer rewards for receiving their annual wellness checks. So getting their annual wellness visit, getting their routine colonoscopy or routine mammogram. We offer you know, a, a small reward for getting those done. And we all know, again, by getting your preventive services that you're more likely to catch things in advance before they become a bigger issue. Other things like our house call program, which is something that some of our members have taken advantage of. They bring a practitioner into the home. They do a full assessment, including prescription reviews, um, look at like the quality of their home. If they're, they're at a fall risk of maybe getting into the shower, can offer additional um, support in maybe getting a shower chair or something like that. Um, and then things like offering a clinical care team to help manage chronic conditions, a 24-hour nurse hotline, all of that is actually free to our members. So anything that we can do to enhance the plan and offer support in keeping them healthy is, you know, going to be a win for both us and the member. Now, you mentioned about the shower chair. Durable medical equipment, from what I've seen with every company, is an 80-20 split, 80% on Medicare company like yourself, and mm -hmm. then 20% out of pocket. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you have to use companies that are contracted with whatever company you're enlisted with, correct? Or so if you have a, an HMO plan, then yes, you have to stay in the network. If you have a PPO plan, you do have the option to use a provider that's maybe not contracted with us. Um, however, the costs might be a little bit different for you. So you might end up paying a little bit more if you do go out of network. Because you don't have a special contract, to an agreement, correct? Yes. And the same thing would go true with dental, hearing, vision, that sort of thing? Yeah, all of those. Um, with the PPO plans, they do have the option for out-of-network. You know, we may have different cost sharing for an out-of-network. Um, some of our, you know, our plans, PCP and specialists might be the exact same. But for things like dental, 
Um, like you mentioned, vision, if you go out of network, your copays or cost sharing will generally be a little bit higher than staying in the network. Now, here's the question I like. I mean, I already know the answer, but I think you can give more elaboration on it. My wife and I are going to retire in a few years. Don't worry, folks. I'm not going anywhere soon, but it's going to be a few years yet. But I have some people that like to snowbird. I have other people in my book of business that they'll travel for like a month or two or three weeks. Tell us more about how a nationwide network can be a benefit and also anything else you could elaborate on when it comes to a nationwide network, how it works. How does it keep you in network even though you're not in your home? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so nationwide plans. Now, um, if we're, we're not going to speak to a specific carrier, but they can vary depending on the carrier. So some of them may have um, just benefits to travel to Florida, um, where others may have a truly nationwide access. So um, if you think about something like the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association that is available you know, across the entire country, the members of those plans, whether they're in Pennsylvania, like we are, or they're in Arizona, or they're in Maryland, or New Jersey, Florida, um, all over the country. If they're in a Medicare Advantage PPO plan, they're going to have access to that network that's in the other state. So let's say you and I both live in Pennsylvania, so we'll give that example, but we want to travel to, let's say, North Carolina, and we're going to go down there and spend you know, a couple months, or we have members that have grandchildren that live in the area, and they're going to go and, and spend some time with their children and grandchildren for several months, and they want to receive routine care while they're there. So if they have a chronic condition, they maybe see a cardiologist a couple times a year, and that's going to fall into the time that they're away, they can actually do that, and it's treated just like they're in-network here in Pennsylvania. So they don't pay a higher copay. All of the claims are, are billed and, and processed through the system on their behalf. And there's nothing that they have to do additional in order to receive that care. And it's just, again, like they're receiving care from a provider in their local service area. That's awesome. I love a nationwide plan. I mean, when it comes time for me, if it's not nationwide, I'm not taking it. because yep. <laughs> My wife and I love to travel. I'm and, in the same boat, Dave. I, I want to be all over the place and, and know that I'm covered. Now, one thing, this doesn't go under nationwide, but I'm a scuba diver. I love scuba diving, but let's face it. There's not a lot of places that I want to go to here in the U S that I haven't already been to. I love going to places like Jamaica, St. Lucia, Bonaire, Rotan. Would I be covered on any Medicare plans if I'm traveling overseas? Yeah. So in general, Medicare Advantage plans do have coverage. I talked about with the nationwide plan, if you want to go and see your, you know, your routine cardiologist, out of the out of the service area, you can do that um, with nation. Well, outside of the country, any sort of international travel, um, it is going to be limited to urgent and emergency situations. So you can't have a, a cardiologist over in Ireland and go see them once a year. Um, only in the case of emergency, but you would have coverage. A lot of the times, you may have to pay up front for the services because they're not familiar with with Medicare in other countries and how to bill. But they, uh, you can pay up front and then submit to your company for reimbursement after you get back. And member services, you call them and they'll tell you how to do it, correct? Absolutely. Our member services team, um, you know, they're more than willing to help with any of those situations, letting you know what kind of information you need to get, what you need to submit, and we'll work through that reimbursement process for you. Now, one thing, Ashley, I do when I sell somebody a plan that has a nationwide network. 
and I tell them to do this to make sure that the company knows this is a legit claim, it's not fraud, is I tell them, look, when you take a vacation or if you're a snowbird, always call member services, give them the dates that you're going to leave your home, the dates you're coming back, and give them the location where you'll be. Like if I'm going to go to Lakeland, Florida, then I'm going to let them know I'll be there from November 1st until April 1st. I'll be back here probably around April 3rd, traveling home by car. That way they know while you're gone, if you have to submit a claim, like see a doctor and you're on a nationwide network, they'll know that, okay, this is legit because they're vacationing in Florida. Yes. Yeah. We always ask to be notified just because, we, like you said, we like to know if our members are out of the area, if they receive care, there's no no cases of fraudulent activity on their account. But also, you know, you have to be living in a service area for a certain amount of time during the year to be eligible for a plan. So if you permanently move outside of that area or you start paying your taxes in Lakeland, Florida versus paying them in Pennsylvania, then you may not be eligible, unfortunately, for a plan available in Pennsylvania. You may have to look at plans available in Florida instead. Now, what if I am on an, a PPO or an HMO that is not nationwide? But I go to Florida for two weeks and something happens to me. What will be covered? Uh, you'd still be covered for any of those urgent and emergency situations. So, and and I always get questions about this. What what do you mean by urgent? Well, it is really the member's perception of urgent care. So, you know, if someone feels like they have strep throat, you know, it could just be a cold or it could just be a scratchy throat, something like that. But if there's a thought that there might be um, an infection, you know that is considered urgently needed care by that member. Now, if it comes back and you know there is no strep infection, it's just allergies or something like that, that's always something that's still gonna be covered by um, by our plan as urgently needed care. I, uh, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I started in customer service and we would get, we would get questions about that. You know, if a claim does happen to deny, which it happens every once in a while, it comes back and there's, there's no indication that there was a, an urgent need for care but the member felt that there was. And so they call into customer service, customer service sends it over for reprocessing and it gets, and it gets handled. So anytime there's that, that sense of, you know, this could be something worse or, you know, something that could get worse. We all know that, a um, you know, a, a strep throat could turn into a septic condition and, and then becomes life-threatening. So if it's not treated, we, we just prefer you, you get the care that you need and um, we'll hand it all, handle it on our end. Great. Because I know a lot of people have asked me that, and it's basically the answer again, but you gave me a little more detail that some things I didn't know. And what I always thought of is if they're having like a heart attack, it's a no-brainer. The emergency room is going to cover them. Then right. they get admitted. That would be covered also. Of course. And then once they're discharged, they need to hightail it back home and see their normal doctors for follow-up. Because if they see a doctor for follow-up, and they're still down there, would that be out of network or would that be considered part of the emergency services? So that one's a little bit tough. It's going to be dependent on how the claim is billed by the provider. Um, generally, if you are, you don't have that nationwide care, um, as soon as you're discharged, you're healthy enough to be discharged, um, you will would want to go back to your, your local area um, where you have in-network providers to see claims. However, uh, sometimes you know, it's 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 a little bit of a tough question. Um, sometimes, if there are situations where that follow up maybe just happens to be the day after you've been discharged, and it's part of that that whole they consider it part of the hospital stay, then that would be covered under the hospital stay as well. Well, Ashley, 
ton of information today, and I do appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add that might help our listeners understand more about how these plans are designed and why certain things are covered this way or that way? So yeah, I talked earlier about um, how plans are designed and how um, you know star ratings indicate reimbursement at a plan level. And so I think I want to go into a little bit more detail about what I mean for star ratings, because I'm not sure that ever all of our listeners do understand that. So Medicare ranks every single Medicare Advantage plan in the country on an annual basis. And there's a lot of factors that go into that that determine the plan rating. Each rating is given out of five stars. Um, it can be a half, so you could have a three and a half or a four and a half as well. Some of those factors that go into that is how well we keep our members healthy. So I mentioned a lot of the things that we do, providing wellness uh, rewards for getting their, their annual incentives, um, medication adherence. So are we making sure that our members have access to get their medication? They're getting and picking it up on a monthly basis if they do that at the retail store, if they're getting it on a, you know, an every 90 days through our, our online pharmacy how we manage chronic conditions, um, how our members rate our plans. So we do a lot of surveys to get feedback from our members directly, overall customer service. And there's a ton of other items too that I do not have time to list. Uh, I think there's 50 plus factors. So as I mentioned before the previously mentioned, the high performing plans do receive additional revenue while lower performing plans actually receive less and could even receive sanctions on their plan if their scores are really low. One of the biggest perks of having what we call a five-star plan is the ability for members to move into a five-star plan at any point in the year. So in general, Medicare says you have the AP timeframe to make your election for the following year, which is October 15th to December 7th. And then that plan goes into effect January 1st. But when a plan has a five-star rating, they can use that at any point one time during the year anytime after December 7th through November 30th of the following year. And they can use that one-time exception to make a change into a plan that has a five-star rating. So um, it's sort of a special opportunity to make a change outside of the usual annual enrollment period. And that's great for people who don't have a special election period, which it'll be a separate podcast coming up. Ashley, I do appreciate all your time here today. The knowledge you have is phenomenal. I'd like to pick your brain some more, but I don't want to keep people on here for three to four hours. <laughs> I'm sure you've got other things to do as well. And Ashley, again, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. You do the same. Try to stay dry. I will. Thanks. Right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that was Ashley Mountain giving us a lot of great information on how Medicare plans are created, why they are available in some areas, not another, why copays are different, Overseas travel, emergency situations on non-nationwide plans, fantastic information. And I really hope this information will get transferred over to your friends, that you'll share my podcast with them and help them to learn how to make good choices and which plan will be good for them. I look forward to talking with you again soon. I've enjoyed our time together. We'll catch you on the next part of our journey. Have a great day. If you've enjoyed this podcast and don't want to miss future episodes of Medicare Simplified with me, Dave Miller, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out my book, Medicare Ready, Set, Go, available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle format. If you're looking for Medicare advice, please reach out to me at dave at mig4.net 
or online at mig4letteru.net.